Hey, I'm George, and we are back again for another edition of your favorite geeky, nerdy, weirdo podcast. I think we're, I think, I think weirdo is that is that a good term? I think weirdo is a great term. I think we're a weirdo podcast. I don't think we're quite nerdy enough. I think we're more. We're geeky, but we're not quite there. We're also middle-aged and crotchety. I think weirdos. We are old, and yes, we are crotchety, but we are far from curmudgeonly. We're not curmudgeons. I mean, all right, I don't think curmudgeons necessarily. Well, we have one. We have Ken. Um, but we don't, uh, I don't say, I think in general, we're probably not curmudgeons. If anything, I think I am more... I love stuff. Uh, you do, you love, do love stuff. You love stuff. You do. We love you. Speaking of which, once again... In our booth, we have the demonic, the second son of Satan, the Dark Lord himself, the Sith Master. Also known as Ken Lucas. Wow. Back again. Thank you so much for that was the, me. I, I, that was not a fade out. Great, I think I no, just accidentally right. just... Great music. I always love being on here. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. So we, so need, we, needed, we realized we needed a, uh, we needed our Robin, our Robin Givens, like for Howard Stern. We needed the person who was just there to glue us together. <laughs> we needed our right. like sultry black woman in sure. the booth. So we got Ken Lucas because what says sultry black woman more than me? More than, than Ken Ken. More than Ken I Lucas. I have rhythm I haven't even used yet. I, I, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> but what I know we have <laughs> is we have Hambone. Hey, guys. This never gets old. Never. Gets never better. Gets old. I worked gets so hard on this. Time. I worked so hard yes, on this. Yes, you did. And I appreciate it, George. You, How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Let me fade this. Thing. You'll get a nice fade out. There's your nice fade out. We have an excellent show for you tonight. We are talking about the... We're going to talk a little bit about football. Is this weird? We're going to talk about the XFL. Are you ready for some football? I'm so excited for football. Football. Like, I've been wanting to say that all my life because I've never actually watched You've football. You've never been excited for football Never ever. seen football <laughs> ever. Never? We're going to talk a little bit about the XFL because I think, you know, as for as wrestling fans, we feel we there's an allegiance to Vince McMahon. Like, we have to support everything that old man does. Pretty much. And I think we really need to, like, decide whether, like, we really need to do football, too. I, I, I'm, I'm torn. Uh, this is going to be part of the conversation, is is whether whether this is worth it. I also have a little bit of info on why some of the, the stuff that came out of his very unusual press conference that he gave. We are also going to go deep Deep into Conan the Barbarian. We're going to fist Conan the Barbarian tonight. George! We are going to talk about my favorite movie of all time, 36 years after it was released. I am so excited. I've been waiting for this episode since we started My Thai Happy Hour 57 episodes this ago. This would be episode 57. Thank God. Crom! Thank God. Thank God. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about... Uh, the Women's Royal Rumble and our thoughts on that, as well as we are going to talk. What else are we going to talk about, Hamburg? We're going to talk about the original Misfits reunion that's happening that at I the bought Prudential Center in New Jersey. Spent a lot of tickets on, money on. Yo! Ken. Hi. How was your week? Uh, Pretty good. We've been told by a lot of people you don't talk enough on the show, so I have to engage you with oh, more conversation. Sorry, sometimes I'm lost in my own thoughts. I think it's also because Josh has been here, and Josh doesn't really let people talk sometimes. Yeah, you know, and I like to like put my thought in when it counts. You know exactly. what I mean? I don't want to mince words or like, waste them either. Like Robin. 
Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons. Well, I mean, I think it's better to be a Robin than a Baba Booey. Or like a Sam oh, Roberts. Yeah, well, my, my teeth don't stick out far enough. <laughs> or, or Jackie. I, I would hate to be Jackie well, or think, Fred. I th- yeah, I think everyone would hate yeah. to be Jackie or yeah. Fred, yeah, especially we, in 2018. We, yeah. we would like to apologize for last week when we referred to you as the, um, as the badger of Mai Tai Happy Hour. We were referring only in terms of like... Your happy-go-lucky ways. Uh, um, Breaking, uh, Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, he was from Breaking like Bad, right. A really dumb meth dealer addict. Yeah, that's why I looked at him. I was like, you know, I feel like if you refer to anybody as a character from Breaking Bad, it's not a good thing. He does kind of resemble him a little bit. If, if, if you mean he's handsome, then and maybe I'll agree with you. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah. It's just he's tall and lumbering. You, you know, you could just you stop now. <laughs> I'd rather him call me Frankenstein. Which is 200 years old today, by the way. Today is the 200th birthday of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Really? 200 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I only know it because of Boris Karloff. Yeah, I never actually read the book. I just just saw it on the Twitter today. It is the 200th birthday of Frankenstein. Don't you mean uh, um, Robert De Niro? Maybe. So today was supposed to be February 1st, and you were supposed to start your whiskey month. But however, it's still January because January won't end. So technically, it's still time for Hambone's Little Helpers. Well, because this episode will hopefully air in February, we're going to go with Hambone's Whiskey Wonders. When's February start? It actually doesn't start till Thursday. Okay, well, that's, that should be when this airs. This is perfect. So Hambone's Whiskey Wonders. I don't have a song for it yet. Whiskey Wonder, Whiskey Wonder. How it, can I find a Whiskey Wonder? Mm-hmm. We'll, no, we'll work on no, it. No, We're going to workshop no. this a little bit. Whiskey Wonder. So, Hambone Daniels. No. <laughs> Hambone. Hambone and the Force of Freedom. Jack McGuire. Jack McGuire. Jack. That sounds like a, like a Tom Clancy novel. Johnny so, Boy. Johnny Boy's <laughs> Whiskey Treats. So, Johnny Boy's Whiskey Treats. I'm going with whiskey for the month of February because February is, uh, especially in the state of New Jersey, the deep deep hell of winter and whiskey is something that's great because it's a winter cocktail it's something that will warm your bones after you've been out in the cold um the other thing too is you know we do of course favor tiki on this show that being said i went and looked through beach bumberry's total tiki app today and there was a scant 24 recipes based on whiskey whereas there are literally hundreds uh for different kinds of rum so i think this is a pretty cool uh change of pace for your friends here at my Thai happy hour now, the thing I enjoy about the Whiskey Sour is it really is a drink that's meant to help you keep things simple. And really, the perfect thing to do uh, with a Whiskey Sour is obviously make the sour mix yourself. And the reason that you want to do that is because, you know, store-bought sour mix really just never lives up to that hype. So what we're going to do... What are we going to do, Hambone? Is talk to you about making a whiskey sour right now. Do you know now. the whiskey sour was the first cocktail I ever had? Yeah, and how, did, and how drunk did you get when what, you did that? The first cocktail I ever had was rum and coke. Oh, and man. that didn't go too well. So I used I, to love vodka sour. So I was like, what What can I have? A whiskey sour? Because it's like sweet and, 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 and whiskey. And I'm like, I'm drinking whiskey. You can get hammered by drinking just a few of them. Oh, yeah. Whiskey sours will get you there faster because when you think of whiskey, you know, whiskey is not really a... A sipping cocktail. So what we have here is a drink that we're going to actually make fast and easy uh, with whiskey. So now what we do, the typical whiskey cocktails, according to liquor.com, you are going to do it with bourbon whiskey. You're going to use a half and an ounce, uh, an ounce and a half, forgive me, of bourbon whiskey. What's the difference between bourbon whiskey and other whiskeys? Different ways they're distilled. 
Okay. Uh, so it's it's it all it all comes down to distilling it. So it's a different way of distilling it. Um, Are the two varieties bourbon um, and Scotch? Is Scotch a whiskey or is well, that a rye? Scotch, Scotch. Well, there's bourbon. There's Scotch. Uh, there's rye whiskey. Uh, it, it really depends on the fermentation process of it. All the same ingredients, though. A lot of similar ingredients. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the different casks that they put it in, uh, how long they age it for. So bourbon, we're going to keep it simple, an ounce and a half of bourbon. We're going to get fresh squeezed lemon juice because there is nothing better than getting fresh squeezed juice. So you're looking at three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, which you could either buy at the store or make it yourself with one part water and one part sugar. And you're going to shake it up a little bit. And then if you want to garnish it, you could always add a cherry. With the fresh lemon juice and the simple syrup, this drink will go down way too smooth. And it'll get your cold, dead heart just a little warmer. You know, Led Zeppelin once sang, squeeze the lemon till the juice flows down my leg. Do you I, think they were talking about making sour mix? I don't think he was talking about making sour mix. I, I was, see, I liked whiskey sours until what always happens to me. People are like, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a grandma drink. Now I'm like, oh, I can't drink whiskey sours anymore. So I discovered the Mai Tai. No way. And just like, you know, I bought a, I bought a Ford Edge. And I'm like, oh, I got my badass SUV. They're like, nope, that's a soccer mom car. I'm like, ah. Uh. See, and one th- time someone told me that the drink I was drinking was a grandma drink. And I politely reminded them that my grandmother could drink you under the fucking table. Yeah. Back in my day, we used to say they were foo-foo. But I guess they uh, yeah. just They told they me grandma. the same thing when I pierced my nipples and my tongue. That was a tough time, too. Hey, man, the late 90s, early 2000s was a hell of a party. I thought that was a Greek thing. But anyway, I used to love vodka sours. And so I was working for an office in the mid-90s. Can you believe that? Uh, No. And and, uh, I was at the office party, and I was uh, about uh, three vodka sours in in like 25 minutes because those things go down smooth. smooth, That sour mix is just like, you know, it's like having a, a like a soaked warhead or something like that. Oh, yeah. So awesome. And, uh, you know, so about five in, in an hour later, I think I dropped my drink on the table and it spilled all over someone's suit in another department. So it was quite a, a fun evening. Definitely the chat of the water cooler on Monday, huh? And then some. Yeah. You know, the, the thing with the simple syrup versus using a, tradu- a store-bought sour mix is... The high fructose corn syrup, your stomach's going to hate you a lot more when you're drinking that versus just doing a traditional simple syrup, which is just water and sugar. Uh, you know, the effects of the alcohol are going to hit you either way. It's just how bad or what flavor you want your hangover to be. I, nice. I, I, For me, it's just laziness. Like having to boil sugar and water, I just don't have time for that shit. Well, no, that's why it's great. You can Equal buy parts. simple syrup in the store now. It's just yeah. a little different than Equal parts. buying e- that neon yellow. You know how hard it is to do equal parts? <laughs> That's so hard. Like equal parts. You got to measure. Yeah. With like a a measuring cup. Not happening. So guys, big news today. We're starting off with uh, the the hot take, the hot news. Vince McMahon, after what, 20 years or so, is almost 18, is bringing back the XFL, the Extreme Football League. I, I, I mean, I'm excited that he's happy. Well, it's, it's interesting because this is, if, if you really look at, his body of work the xfl is the one glaring failure that he had you know a lot of it i i wonder if he got really excited when uh, he saw the uh, e- uh, 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 uh-huh. uh-huh. no? the american bodybuilder federation from the 1980s went a damn sight better than the xfl like it was a complete failure i totally well, spaced that 
It wasn't as bad as the XFL where they made he a lost, documentary he about lost it. No money on the XFL. Like all that was NBC's money, right? Like that wasn't his money no, at lost, all. He, he no, lost some money on no, that. No, no, no. He actually is so smart. He was actually able to make someone else foot the hall bill for that. And they were supposed to do three seasons that he lost no money on the XFL. Well, either way, it's something that he had a, such an issue with that he decided that at age seventy-three years old, he's going to go back sell a hundred million dollar hundred million shares of wwe stock and to go and reboot the damn thing in 2018 where the but it's gonna be different it's gonna be different though games are gonna be faster there's gonna be faster games but that was the whole point of the first they're gonna hire people that can run faster throw harder throw faster to be faster without drugs without drugs because you because you can't have a criminal record no criminal felonies there's gonna be no politics but you have to stand for the pledge of allegiance well yeah oh man that was funny how he's like he's like i'm just gonna wedge this in here you know the interesting thing about it is uh you know he's had his failure with the xfl it ran one single season in 2001 um it had strong ratings for the first game but the viewership eventually nosedive and the league folded after the conclusion of the inaugural season. So it but, made but, it one but, full but it season. But it didn't have to fold. He had them bent over backwards. He was ramming in their ass. He had two more seasons under contract that he could have forced them to do. Because he was friends with the guy, he bowed down and said, okay, guys, you're right. You know, But he was not about to break. Well, Dick Ebersol is the godfather of his children. So, of course, he wasn't going to put him over a barrel. They were best friends. Yeah, well, so I, I'm just saying there was a chance XFL could have been the next big thing had they let it go a little bit longer. Um, sorry, for, I'm going to uh, adjust the statement. He had sold $100 million worth of WWE stocks. His stock. Yeah, his, his stock. personal stock to start Alpha Entertainment to make the XFL happen. But $100 million is nothing. He needs billions, which means he's got to have someone backing him. You know who I think that is? Donald Trump. Facebook. Mm, maybe. I think all those negotiations, or Fox. It's either Fox, where I think that's what the negotiations is. Not to sell the WWE to Fox or Facebook, but it's to get football on Facebook Live, Facebook Watch, whatever the hell it's called, and or Fa- Fox Sports, who now has some money to play with. Well, that's the thing. Uh, what I was thinking of, it, having the XFL and possibly moving the WWE to Fox after 2019, uh, where the USA deal expires, this all sweetens the pot which gives him a good bargaining chip to get the XFL on Fox. Uh, That being said, you know, at his age, it's kind of amazing that he wants to take on this whole new experience and still keep his foot in the WWE. Because he said in the uh, the press conference, he's not backing away from the WWE. He also said he will not be the face of it either. And there's going to be no football, there's going to be no WWE involvement at all. So it's not going to be, so that means I will not be watching it, which is the end conclusion to this segment. Because... The reason why I even kind of was interested the first time around is because I think Jesse Ventura and Jim Ross were the commentators, and and I could have just made that up. Well, no, they uh, Jr. was the commentator. The fun Jr. Thing, shouldn't be anywhere near Mike anymore. Anymore. So the thing is, the you know the two things that I, I watched Except and I listened to getting audience. ready for this was this is the XFL doc, which is what we watched on ESPN, which and was good, and the, I recommend it to everybody. Fantastic. The Pritchard Show also did an XFL episode. And you really heard all the behind-the-scenes stuff that went into him pretty much robbing Peter to pay Paul with his own staff, getting them to come over and run the XFL concurrently while he was running the WWE. I mean, looking back at it, 
you know, he had a cheerleader rating section at one point. They had a scramble to run and get the football instead of a traditional kickoff. He even said in his press conference this time around that he wants to keep games to about two hours because it's no one wants faster. to faster, faster because faster. no one wants to sit and watch a program for three hours or more, which Duh. is funny. Because of Monday Night Raw being three hours every week for, I don't know, almost 25 years. Yeah, but that's football versus entertainment. Who wants to watch a sport for three hours? I'd rather watch something, you know, is it going to be storylines? There's no storylines, I just don't care. Yeah, well, that's, you know, the speculation is that he is going to keep some reality in the mix for the XFL. I don't I don't know that anyone really cares. Football fans don't even care about football anymore. I'm more boggled by the fact that there's only eight teams. How is there, how many, like, how many variations of games are you going to get there? I don't know. How many teams are in the NFL? Oh, they got like 20 or 30 in 40, each, 50? Yeah, in each league. Like yeah, every state has sports, a team. So and some, I, I mean, I don't know. We, got, we got the Devils. Oh, man, like, you mean to tell me I've seen more live football than you, George, and half our friends combined? I've never combined. been to a live football game in my entire life. I had to. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to University of Miami in the early '90s when they were uh, NC. You know, they were the big, Rock was there. Champions. Yeah, and the Rock was there when the years I went. I and, only know that because uh, wrestling. <laughs> I only probably saw him play one year, maybe a half, a uh, year and a half. But uh, so I've seen and I've seen other games outside of college. Uh, you know. I'm not a sports guy either. There is something, however, to going to a live football game. Now, as far as seeing it on TV, that's a whole other thing. I don't know if Vince McMahon is like, shouldn't he just stick to sports entertainment? Shouldn't and not he retire? Sports? He's 72. <laughs> I mean, what business time? does he have being, doing anything with, with like, and I'm going to use real sports very, very loosely because I've been saying for a very long time, for at least 20 years, since the 90s, that Vegas has been running every single sport from it started with boxing, all those Tyson fights were huge betting odds in Vegas. Huge I, money. My uncle's a sports better. I've been in Vegas uh, more times than I can count on all my uh, my my feet and my hands. But you know, it's like Vegas odds have been running sports for ages. They they've been running bookies have been running it prior to Vegas, but Vegas is now the leader in in sports betting and you're going to tell me that uh you know that's going to be any different i mean i don't i don't think mcmahon has a place in with you know what's considered real sports the only way this works if he really is just the 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 brains he's got to have some major not just financial backing but he needs a network running this yeah but, and that's the thing. He, he doesn't even want to, and, and I, I guess I, I really do appreciate the fact that he doesn't want to be the face of it anymore, being he's 72 years old, but he he really doesn't even like coming out for Raw anymore. I'm sure it took a lot to get him to even show up for 25 and take a couple stunners. You know, he prefers to be behind the scenes from, from everything I've been told, everything I've read. Uh, that said, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that he will probably, out of curiosity... Get a lot of the first game is going to be a going to be successful ratings wise because people are going to tune in because they want to see it. Mm-hmm. Just but that's it. Like after that, if he doesn't put it on that first show and get people interested, the thing's going to tank again. Because I don't remember how many teams at first uh, when it first launched was. I thought it was like eight or ten teams. It might have been. Uh, I I will say that the only time I've ever watched football, not the Super Bowl, which right. doesn't count because I've been to Super Bowl parties. The only time I've ever watched football was, I believe, the inaugural Hitmen, New Jersey Hitmen 
because I needed to it's see what, what the hell too. he was and doing. From, it's New Jersey. And that yeah. first episode, I believe, was Gangbusters. It did very well. It was actually very good. I think what happened according to that documentary was they were plagued with technical difficulties going forward. So we'll see what happens. I, I will probably, once again, watch the first episode. I will follow it just because I do love Vince McMahon like a savior. It'll be interesting to see a shorter game. I, I think a lot of these games are blown out with too many calls. Bum refs, uh, you could go down a list, you know, breaks, commercial breaks. So, you know, who's to say? Maybe uh, maybe he's learned from his uh, first um, run of mistakes. I was kind of hoping this was going to be football because, you know, he wants to protect people, no concussions, this and that. I was hoping it was going to be football in those, like, sumo outfits. That would be amazing. I would watch that. I would pay cash money to like, see that. oh, I'm in a sumo outfit. I'm still waiting for the real running man. Kind of like what John Hamm was wearing in that, like, Chris Gethard uh Chris Gethard season finale. Oh, when he, when he came yeah. out to wrestle. Yeah, that, yeah, I, it, I it just want to see him wearing that. That's great. Anyway, that's all we're ever going to talk about football ever. And when I mean ever, I mean ever again. Uh, because we really should never talk about football on this Maybe show. Maybe the Super Bowl. Maybe, no, we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're really not going to talk about the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Not going to happen. There's way more things we could talk about. Like the yes. greatest movie. Yes. To ever exist. Conan the Barbarian. Say it with me, people. What Conan is best in life, Conan? To the crush barbarian. your enemies. To see them driven before you. To hear the lamentation of the women. Crom! God, this is the best soundtrack ever in the history of soundtracks. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But, like, that was... I own... Multiple versions of the Conan soundtrack. I have it on tape. I have it on CD. I have it remastered on vinyl from last year. That is the best score. That freaking steel drums just gives me an erection. Like, it is the greatest thing ever in the world. But so is Conan the Barbarian. Have we all seen Conan the Barbarian? I I watch it at least multiple times a year. I saw it in the theater. In 1982? Yeah. My parents... uh, Took us to a lot of uh, movies that we probably shouldn't have been taking to. So Your that, parents were so cool. My brother is also so seven that, years older than So me. that's why I want to get into this a little bit. I love Conan the Barbarian because when I was a child, maybe five... It must have been when it was on HBO, not when in the movies, because I didn't watch in the movies. Uh, my parents, to keep us quiet, would take me and my two little sisters and put Conan and First Blood on loop and say, just get your frustrations out on this. That explains everything about I you. I didn't watch Sesame Street. I watched Conan the Barbarian and First Blood on loop, repeat over and over and over again. How I did not turn into a sociopath, I have no idea. <laughs> That's why. It's arguable. Last year was the 35th anniversary. We should have done something then, but it didn't hit me then. This is a movie for the ages. Anyone who's ever wanted to see a fantasy movie... This predates everything. This set the tone for, like, sword fighting. No, shut your mouth. What are you saying? You're going to say something, Ken. This is it. Does this, that mean? This created this other fantasy universe, movies. But not good ones. To me, there is no better fantasy movie than Conan the Barbarian. I'm going to put mean, that but, out there right but, now. But you got you to gotta know, like, Conan is based on a source material. Which Called Conan the Barbarian, by, yeah, the comic book. Which, by the way, Marvel Comics. the movie is pretty much... The mirror. I was a big collector of Conan when I was a kid, so seeing the Conan movie was huge, uh, especially as being like, oh, I love Conan the comic. 
So, uh, yeah, Conan's a great movie. I mean, it was called the prototype for the sword and sorcery subgenre. Yeah. It took the 80s cinema by storm, according to IGN. We're going to be basing a lot of this source material from IGN's article, also from the documentary The Making of Conan the Barbarian, and a couple other movies about the great life of our, our, our master, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Conan the Barbarian is so important to the cult movie canon. Because Agreed. it would it paved the way for the Beastmasters. It paved the way from the Beastmaster Two and the <laughs> Beastmaster TV show. It paved a way for the horrible sequel, Conan the Destroyer. Shut your mouth! That was a great movie. Uh, it. Sean Dillon loves that, I believe. So this movie was made. This it was conceived by Edward Pressman, who had created Badlands and Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, he first became really interested in the comic book in like 1975, and him and his best buddy Edward Summers, he also was the uh, future associate producer. They would just like chill out and watch movies. And one day they were like watching a bootleg of Pumping Iron, and they were just sitting there going, "Oh yeah, this Arnold Schwarzenegger. This guy's like a human freaking stunt act. Like this guy is this guy." the future of cinema like he is he's he's charismatic he's sexy he's big he's muscular he looks like what could be conan the barbarian and in their head it became ingrained that they must create this just take this human special effect and transition him into conan the barbarian you know, in hindsight, we shouldn't have gotten you a belt for your 40th birthday. We should have just gotten you the sword. I want the sword so bad. I don't know why <laughs> I do not have it He's been wanting it for ages. But it's I like you, to find, you can't find the good one now. It didn't even make it. There's a fight over the rights for it. it it's tough right now. Um, anyway, they reached out to, to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was like, hey, I just pump iron. Like, I haven't done Terminator yet. I haven't done, uh, I haven't done anything. I haven't done True Lies yet. I haven't done... Kindergarten cop, I'm up for anything. Like I used to do, he didn't do porn. That was uh, Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. Um, you know, I I'm Austrian and I uh, I need something to do. I will do this movie. You make. I am Conan. I love women and I love to smoke weed. Give me all the women. Get to the chopper. Yeah. So they were having lunch. They, <laughs> they had lunch in 1977 on the Sunset Strip, and Pressman said, "Schwarzenegger, this movie was made for you." He goes, "Yeah, I will do it." I would pump iron and I would throw swords. And and that was it. But the problem was they had to find a budget for this movie. And clearly a period piece for the time would be super expensive. So they went to all the studios and Paramount Pictures was the one who took a chance on it and gave them two and a half million. But he would have to hire a major screenwriter to write it or Paramount didn't want it. That was problem number two. Well, the person who originally wrote the script was Oliver Stone. Yes, he was, but he got weird fast. Like, really weird. Like, do you know what his version of Conan would have been? Oh, God. If it's anything like JFK, I'm listening. No, no, no. So he was very young at the time. He wanted this to be the first of a 12-part picture film. He wanted this to become the James Bond of, like, barbarian movies. He had a movie planned every year or two, and he was going to franchise this out. But even better was the story to the initial Conan the Barbarian. His script proposed that the movie would take place on hell on Earth, something similar to Dante's Inferno, and it would just be, like, mutants and monsters and, like, 
just like the amount of money. Basically, in the end, they just they determined that in order for Oliver Stone to make this movie, it would have cost forty million dollars to do. That's in in at that point in nineteen eighty two. That's a, a lot of money. And they said, "Yeah, no buy, yeah, no buy." Uh, so that didn't work out. Um, what else do you have? For, is there anything I don't, I don't want to take over here because I could just go. Oh, and I, know, I need I know you, you to can. interject your comedic ways. So here. It, it didn't come out with that first try, but they found uh, John Milius. Dino De Laurentiis uh, was going to produce it with his daughter. Hired John Milius to direct. Well, and no, no, no. His you missed the big thing. What, what happened to Pressman? What happened to Pressman? You do you. What happened to Pressman? You do you. <gasps> Pressman was like. This isn't gonna happen. We need to like dump. We got cut. Call, we got cut our losses. We got to sell the whole project to somebody. Enter Dino De Laurinaitis. Tell us about Dino De Laurinaitis, Ambone. Well, you 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 are clearly in the zone, baby. No, 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 no. He was actually staying at the hotel next to where Pressman was like chilling out, getting really depressed about what to do with Conan. He found out he was next door, so he kind of creeped on him, like raper creeper, like under the door, like, hey, want to have lunch? And De Lorna is like, who are you, weirdo? And he's like, I wrote this movie. It's called Conan. It's awesome, but I can't do anything with it. Would you like to buy it? He hands a script over to it, and De Lorna is like, this is kind of violent, but I like it. Well, Dilo, Dino De Laurentiis is also known for other uh, fantastic movies. Not Greek, sadly. Not Greek. Is I was it very De Laurentiis or De Laurinaitis? I call him De Laurinaitis because he's Greek in my and heart. You know what? I, but he's if actually it's Italian. Greek, I'm going to listen to you. No, I think he's Italian. Flash Gordon. He is the thing that he's most known for outside of Conan. Everything is Flash Gordon. No, he's made like every movie and in like the world. Terminator. He's yeah, made... he produced everything Dude. we love. Yeah, well, I know from Flash Gordon. Where and are your show notes, Hambone? I have my, my computer is just on the, is almost dead. So, no, I mean he's produced a lot of stuff. He's produced Raw Deal. He's produced Manhunter, Blue Velvet, Silver Bullet, Cat's Eye, Dune, Conan, uh, every, The Dead Zone, Halloween Three. I mean he's had his fingers in the Hollywood pie for a very very long time. So he takes over. Paramount still wants a hot screenwriter. He finds John Milius. That's where we're at. That's where you're at. What did your John? What did John Milius, who is Greek, do? Boom, boom, boom. Are we are we are we just making him officially Greek now? Yeah, he's Greek now. Well, he, his he, name's Melius. He's probably Greek. So, uh, dirty he, Harry and Magnum Force. This guy is ultra violence. Yeah, he, he is, is ultra, ultra violence. Uh, he rewrote this script and he directed the movie. And his vision is to uh, on paper. He did take it, the first half. So he did borrow a lot of Oliver Stone stuff in this movie, right? Such as the Tree of Woe. Yes. The Tower of Set. Yes. That whole like running from the like the Snake Man sequence. He just cut out the mutants in the second half. Right. Um, Milius had one group. So he was so obsessed with making this like awesome. He had like one group of like researchers just learning about ancient cults and other ones just learning about weapons and how to actually use the weapons. And didn't he also uh, hire on Schwarzenegger's bodybuilder buddies as Tulsa Doom's right and left-hand man? More than likely, uh, yes, I think he did. Uh, he actually, yes, but he also made uh, Conan uh, slim down a little bit by swimming. That, because he thought he was a little too big for Conan. Like, he looked too bodybuilder. It's funny because he's still so huge in this movie. Uh, Valeria was uh, cast, she was, she was a dancer uh, named, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Sindahi Bergman, not Greek. She was in all that jazz. 
uh, Valeria. First time I ever saw boobies on TV. There was a lot of boobies in Conan. I mean, there was sex. There's, there's lots sex. of sex. Yeah, lots of it. Lots Conan of gets laid a lot. There's lots no, of violence. No, That's what he's about. Full, Drinking, women, and killing. Full orgy sequence. Yes. Uh, do it's you know who was supposed to originally play Thulsa Doom? Who? Sean Connery. Oh, that would have been <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Yeah, might have been Sean Connery was supposed to play Thulsa Doom, but they wanted uh, they wanted to play off the Dude, success was, of Darth he, Vader. Yeah, he was in Zardoz. He no, was but, in, you know... That, uh, you're you're making my point for me, Ken. But, but they wanted... They took James Earl Jones because they wanted... They wanted Darth Vader. They well, wanted Darth Vader. The cool thing about Thulsa Doom was he he wasn't actually a Conan villain at first. He was a Cull villain. Uh, he was created in yes. 1928, didn't see print until 1967. So they just migrated him over to Conan, and he's become... Uh, the most iconic Conan called the Conqueror. Uh, they saw him when they, Emilius decided to make him a cross between uh, Jim Jones and Charles Manson. They wanted him to be like a cult leader, yeah, which is why the women will like, he'll just snap his fingers, women kill themselves, orgies everywhere. You know how I'm all into Jim Jones right now with the anniversary you coming up. By the way, our, our Jonestown episode is going to be amazing in November. Like we are going to go in, oh my God, I just finished... I finished Gunn's book. I'm going to start reading Raven next. I've been obviously doing the uh, last podcast on the left, uh, Jonestown five-part series. I am all in. I'm taking notes. I'm learning. We're going to do this. I'm going to learn about Jonestown. You are going to be my Tim Stone. Like, because we're not going to have sex good? with your wife. Uh, uh, well, I don't even have a girlfriend. It's it's fine. Um, so I'm safe. Oh, we can take a break for a second. I think I found you a woman. Oh, no, you're dead, George. She's like 65. George. She's an ex-con. George. Um, But she's crafty. George. Talk, talk about toys in the attic. I heard Martha Stewart's available. You guys are killing me. Back to Thulsa Doom. Uh, so it. Uh, what's your favorite part of Conan the Barbarian, Ken? Tell me. I know what you're going to say. Say it. Go ahead. I don't know if you... I mean, I have a few favorite parts. I kind of like his pit fighting. Uh, it's so gory, and even though it's short-lived, that whole thing, it's like him building to being the better killer. But my favorite might be his whole um, crazy camo, you know, dissension into the The pit. Salsa Doom Temple Doom yeah, set. The set. Yeah. Uh, Dude. Yeah. $350,000 of $3 million budget was spent just on that set. And it's, a long, it's a long scene. It's a very long, long, drawn-out scene. It was built out of wood because they were expecting to burn it to the ground at the end. It was built on the side of a Spanish mountain. It was 65 feet high. It was 100 feet long with concrete foundations meant to hold the weight of all the women that were just the orgy and like the the thousands of extras. It was insane. It was, it was amazing. Amazing. Uh, the orgy was actually um, uh, uh, where Conan and the company staged the attack on Thulsa Doom was actually uh, the, the snow leopard was a real snow leopard. It was actually drugged so it doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> well, thank God. Just so you guys know, uh. that the scene in my heart, it just, what's your favorite scene in Conan the Barbarian Handbone? The resurrection of Conan. The tree of woe. Oh, like, the yeah, tree of woe. Yeah. The tree of woe. Well, you, you know, like for me, I, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, so I, I, I it's, I, I know why you love this movie so much. Yeah, I don't understand why people shit on uh, Conan, uh, the Destroyer, as much because it's, it's to me, it's a perfect Dungeons and Dragons movie. He gets an adventure party. He goes on an we're adventure. Not fights about, the we're not talking about. This is not about Conan the Destroyer. Well, I, I know that, dude. I'm it's just the saying. Horn Monster. It's largely the Horn is Monster. It, it really it's largely it the Horn Monster. Yeah, it looked like a giant hand puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Before it transformed, it looked cool. 
Yeah. But after Transformers. It was so bad. It wasn't just that. Tree of Woe was my favorite part of Conan. I mean, Grace Jones was great in that, but no. She hurt everybody. This is Barbarian. Yeah, I heard she beat everybody up. Well, everybody also got hurt on Conan the Barbarian. In the very first scene they shot where Conan's fighting off a pack of wolves, one of the wolves got a little overexcited by the, it looks like the, 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 bear outfit or whatever Conan's wearing was a little too meaty smelling still and the dogs charged on him and actually like bit into him and he uses like fucking hands to beat fucking wolves down and like saved his life and uh you yeah, know Peter Peter yeah. real mad at that and uh he was later uh he got caught in the neck with an axe head during the the fighting scenes it looks like one of the axes flew off the handle and just a lot of makeup he got Shippied out of him. They didn't make movies too safe in the seventies and eighties. No, no, not at all. And I just the the best line of it was uh, Melius's uh, morale boosting refrain. This is what he told everybody. This was his personal philosophy. Physical pain is temporary, but the resulting film is permanent. That's good. That's why I tell you every time we do this show, just take it. Just. Fuck the lube. Just take it. It's George. just just going dry. The show Ken. will still be there forever, so ever. Speaking of weird, did you did either of you ever see the director's uh, commentary track on Conan the Barbarian? Nope. It is amazing because it's Schwarzenegger and John Milius sitting down together, and they are talking and dissecting the movie. And every time Schwarzenegger sees something that he likes, and Milius makes a point, Schwarzenegger goes exactly. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. How many times? So many times that if Hundreds. you did a shot every time he did it, you would be dead drunk and have alcohol poisoning before the end of the first act. If you also did a shot every time John Milius uh, makes a sexually suggestive groan every time he sees a woman on screen, uh, then you would you'd be dead. So you mentioned the Tree of Woe. Mm-hmm. It was actually that was uh, shot on the coastline of Almerico, which I don't even know what Almeria is. It might not even be a country anymore. That was probably 81. But it's actually, you would be, enjoy this, Ken, because you make stuff. It's plaster, it's steel, it's wooden steel, in, in yes. layers of styrofoam and plaster. But the cool thing was it was actually built on a turntable. So, because he spent a lot of time on there shooting that, they uh, would rotate it so the shadows, out of the, sun. out of the shadows as they were shooting it. He also was sitting on a makeshift bicycle seat. Uh, with fake nails in the wrists and ankles. So the problem was they used live vultures and an animatronic one. The one that actually was was biting his face was the mechanical one. Uh, but they actually had two real vultures above him. I can keep going. The Thulsa Doom Snake so Serpent, that, that scene uh, was actually James Earl Jones' head. And he basically had to be immobilized in position for hours while they're doing that shot with yellow contacts in. And uh, once the shot was completed, he was replaced with like a skeletal framework that had a rubber mold of his face. And then that was slowly like pushed through with the snake head puppet. Probably kind of like American was, Werewolf was in London with like motion. air bladders and oh. uh, that's how they do that stuff. My, my, the, the scene that's forever etched in my mind, I was so, I may have been five years old when I would watch this every day. Watching it as a five-year-old, that opening scene where his mother's head is cut off, just just eviscerated by Thulsa Doom, just cut, and then the head slow mo. You don't you don't see the head. You see it get cut, and then you just see the hair drop in yeah. front. I have never seen a uh, a scene so powerful. That's not what originally was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be way more gory. They were supposed to cut to the head on the ground with blood shooting out of the neck originally, but they were afraid they might get an X rating, so they just went with that. Uh, that one slow shot. And that's and all they needed. 
so much more effect. It's so great. Uh, but the music, the steel drums. I, I, the kettle drums. The, the, it is some of the best. I mean, just I, I, listen to this. This is like, this is, imagine having sex to this. Having your sex to this? This is how we made Gabe. Like, <laughs> like I would just be like, this is how it's done. <laughs> Allison's like, it's good time. Good thing he didn't have the sword. <laughs> it's like, Thank now, God we can get him the sword. now is the time. And I'd be like, right, really? Right now I'm watching wrestling. And she'd be like, no, now is the time. And I would just put this in. And this is where I would kiss and cuddle. Right here. But like very quickly, it would just be back to ramrodding. Just do, 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 steel, steel drums. Gabe, this is how you came to be. To the sounds. The sounds of... Um, Vasili Peleduris, also Greek. Milius obviously was just going in house. And uh, this is one of the most celebrated compositions ever written to film. Even people who hate this film admit that there's nothing. Oh, right here. This is where it's just like, you know. Oh, blowjob. So um, and this is like, yeah, all right, back to work again. Back to work again. Yep, 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 yep. You know, uh, on behalf of Allison, I George slow and steady wins the race. Exactly, yeah. and this is just like a nice, like you know, it's just oh, hard and fast, hard and fast. We are so off the rails in Creep Town right now. So, uh, Pelodorus, this movie, this soundtrack made him. Like he made him. After this, he became like a world-renowned uh, composer. This was his his everything that was great came from this. It became the template of what all epic fantasy scores should sound like. And I have nothing else but great. You should go by even if you don't like this movie, just go by the soundtrack. You will just get to, the sex you will have will be incredible. Can't prove that, but we like we we feel good with and the life. I feel so like I've talked it. too much. What else do you have? Uh, you know what, man? I I had I had notes. I just wanted to hang back and let you do. You were so excited. You know, for those listening at home, if you could really see the look on his face and how how happy he is right now, like genuinely in his heart. Like I mean, how can I step all over that? He's psyched. You don't. You hear me talk plenty. So to quote IGN, Conan the Barbarian is now widely renowned as the gold standard. It spawned books, comics, animatronic shows, Universal Studios, a wave of low-budget knockoffs from the Beastmaster to Gore that proved a blight on movie screens throughout the 80s. It was also one of the few films to turn a healthy project, product, a product, a healthy product. It made almost $10 million on its first weekend, went on to gross $100 million world worldwide, which back then, That's like big money. Quadruple that now. Uh, this also had an indirect hand in creating Masters of the Universe, so I would never have had He-Man if it wasn't for Conan. Well, there you go. This Cheers is Cheers to you, John Milius. Wherever this you is are. It. Everyone out there, if you have not watched Conan the Barbarian, do it. Later on, we'll probably do another one on First Blood. But right now, it, it's about Conan. Do we all put the like if we had a movie can, which we don't, there's another show already called the canon. We're not doing the canon, we're not doing it. I would but, fight anybody who did not put it in the canon. Oh, Conan? Totally in. It's like we're up there with Jaws, you know, one of those movies. I would fight them with my fists. Conan's a great movie. Very violent. Watch it. It's one of the best, right? Exactly. So right now I need to... It's probably one of Schwarzenegger's best movies. You need to Quite do honestly. the Zots commercial. Zots, Folks, when you're... What? 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 When you're on the go, or maybe you're at home and you're hanging out, 
and having a good old time. Look what we got for Ken! What am I going to do with this? So uh, every year... Oh, I got to put my oh headphones on. Oh, I got... Should I hold it? Yay! Yay! Every year, I give a love you to one person who's done so much to change my life and our lives and just make the world a wonderful place. It's for uh, my heroes, my personal heroes in life. I I'm honored. give this out to, to creatives, to artists, to people who are just special, who have warm hearts, really great people. And what you've done this year, Ken, Lucas, between just saying, fuck it, I'm not going to go ahead and work at a shitty job at Starbucks anymore. I'm going to become an artist. I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to follow my craft. The hustle you've shown and exuded, the 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 just the balls to the wall attitude you have on life, on your art, on being a friend. I salute you. We salute you. We give you this sex toy slash guy. love you. <laughs> this is uh, only maybe about eight people have these. Wow. These are I'm very hard honored. to get. I am probably the only person who keeps this company in business every year. Um, but I have given the very, very few of these out. I have like best friends who don't have a love you. Um, this is your honor. This is an honor. I tell everybody it's not it's not a sex toy. It is a true honor. It's got a poop hole. Oh, wow. um, this for you also. We would like you to know that that microphone wow. is now yours. If you would like it, me and Hambone are officially... Blessing you with the third spot on this three-man team now. Welcome to the team. If you wow. would like it, it's a lot better than what Krampus normally blesses you with. So I, I take it as an I've, honor. I've been, uh, I've been blessed with uh, Krampus's aids before. So wow, this is a, a big honor. I, I, how could I not say yes to that? We thank you so much wow. for all the work you've done. We think you are one of the. You give Hambone a too sweet on the camera. Boom. He has nothing to do with the love you. But, um, I know that's all you. I I appreciate that. It was very kind words. But uh, I, as I've said many times, this, this, nice to be this recognized. is all because of no effects. Because they sent me one once, and I decide I too want to send a giant blow up. I mean, it's 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 actual size. It is a giant. It is a giant inflatable it's sheep. Nice and, sheep. And some people have been taken aback by it. I gave Dave Tang his at his restaurant in front of a packed house of customers. <laughs> um, gave Hambone his on the air. And it made uh, me cry. Josh Lynn gave it to it in front of uh, 100 photographers. Um, one of my friends got a, a, a traffic ticket because she had it in the back of her trunk when the cops pulled her over and they were so blown away by the fact that she just said, it's a fuck toy in the back of my trunk. That she got away. So if you need to get have a speeding ticket, there's a love uh, you. They're going to send me to jail, though. That's going to be the Ken, difference. we love you so much. Uh, you're, you're very kind. You are welcome Ditto. here every week. I'm not changing the name of the show because I hate no, no. going into the metadata. No, no, that's yeah, fine. But Ken, you are our man. Wow. Thank you, you so much. You guys are awesome. Cheers, thank you. No, thank you. Clap it. You're camera. awesome, yeah. You can hit stop now. George Clapping. Wow, what a surprise. Whoa. What a we, twist. So we ran out of room. There's what no time twist. to do twats. Twats, the Zots, sorry Zots, <laughs> we'll give you some time next week. Now that's a candy. Yeah, that's a candy. It explodes in your mouth when you lick its holes. Oh, so, thank you so much again. You're that's very awesome. welcome. Um, you can bring this. I know An you. I, I know you live with your family. This might be a little strange, but I don't give a shit. I will also tell you it's very hard to inflate, so do not deflate it because it really does <laughs> suck. And it, and it will not deflate on its or own. Or you mean it blows. And it will not deflate on its own it either. Blows. 
So the Misfits reunion. The Misfits reunion. We look. We've known about. It. I think we've talked about it in the past. I. I. This is more of a rant than a talk. The Misfits. Everybody just bitching and moaning about. Fuck the Michael Gray's reunion. That's not a reunion. That's not the Misfits. Ah, oh, fuck the door. The the. Dancing Legacy. They're only doing eight songs. Wait till there's a real Misfits union. Blah, 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 blah. This isn't Jerry Only's Misfits. Blah, blah, blah. The Misfits are playing the Prudential Center. Tickets are not cheap. But you motherfuckers have had 30 years to save up for this. This is what you've been bitching about for so long. Suck a dick, buy the tickets, or just shut up and don't buy the tickets. But this no is complaining. it. This is it. This is it. This is Jerry and only. And Doyle's playing too. And Doyle is playing. So we, they finally confirmed that. Doyle was tro- tro- was Doyle playing. was trolling everybody. Um, he knew he was on tour. He knew the tour was ending right beforehand. He's on the show. That was just him. Like first, he actually put a photo of a sad misfit. Sad face, misfit face on his. Instagram. He just said nope. Yeah. Like he was already like this. The tour manager already said he's well, you performing. Know, and and he sh- and he should have done that because they went out of their way to leave his name off of all the press for it. But he isn't an original misfit, so I do kind of. Get it. But but it's it's such a dick move because he's part of the attraction. I hope that he wasn't on it and that he stuck him up for more money when people were like, well, "Where's Doyle?" And honestly, if there's any, there's one force that got these two guys together. It was, it was Doyle. Doyle. It was Doyle. It was Doyle. Doyle. Doyle's the only reason why we are getting a Misfits reunion. That's why, like when I was driving up the Turnpike today, there were billboards for the Misfits reunion for from Live Nation, and I'm like, "Wow, I can't." Did you photograph sitting- that? I was driving, George. I photographed it with my mind. Uh, you know, I'm driving, though, and I, as I'm driving, I can't believe it. I'm seeing a Misfits billboard. It's usually where by they the have Lincoln the one. Tunnel. Yeah, uh, by the Lincoln Well, no, it was actually uh, on uh, 95, heading up the turnpike. It was where they normally have the uh, Exotica Expo uh, billboards. You know, nonetheless, uh, so the Misfits billboard's up there, and, and he's still not, he's not on the billboard either. And I'm like, that is such a dick move. I hope he held them over a barrel and got paid as much as he possibly could for this. Because if it wasn't for Doyle, they never would have happened at Riot Fest. The, it never would have happened in L.A. The Lincoln Tunnel billboard as well only list. Uh, no, the Lincoln Tunnel uh, billboard is always Apple. Jerry, no, there's a Lincoln Tunnel. The one, lead, the one when billboard. you go around the curb before oh, okay. you hit all the Apple yeah. billboards. Yeah. No, for, after the Verizon one. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the thing about it is, it's and, and I agree with you, man. Like, it's, it's funny because online people are like, oh, my God, I got my tickets. And everyone's like, well, what did you get? How much did you pay? Yeah. Everyone's being really sheepish about admitting that they paid a lot of money to go see the Misfits. It's not that they're being sheepish. They don't have to say it. It's the people who are freaking shaming them for spending the money. And, and you shouldn't. You know what? You know what? The, the, fun, the funniest the thing to me is. I shamed myself. <laughs> punk Rock Integrity is the biggest fucking oxymoron on the planet. This is your favorite band. If you can afford to go see them, go see them. Cool. I mean, the fact is, they need to charge more. Jerry only has kids to feed. Oh, he's, he's, They're he's, grown. I'm, I'm sure he's I'm one sure of them. Jerry the only not hurting Danzig for money. Danzig has chilled cats to feed. <laughs> Cat uh, food ain't cheap, yo. Look, I, I, I'm not sure how it's going to translate in arena. I'm hoping the sounds will be better. The footage I've seen has been good. Like I, I've had, I've seen other. Well, wrong. and that's the thing. Like if, if you if you can, if you can afford it, buy a better ticket. Because why would you sit all the way up top and watch it on a screen? You get the same experience from YouTube. You know, my, my thing with it is I wish that there was a definite understanding of what the general admission would actually be, where it was reasonable for people, because I would love to have the experience of being there with my friends, all of them. Like, you know, when I would go to the Nokia's theater to see the Pogues when they got back together, Shane McGowan, you know, the tickets were a little more expensive. That said, we were all there together in one place and one time instead of scattered throughout the arena. 
this Misfits, uh, George Claus made a great joke today, and he said that the Misfits have finally taken their their final form, which is now the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're paying Eagles fucking prices to go see the Misfits. Where Eagles dare. But, but that's also the market. They're going to sell it out. Oh, no. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm and not. They're, and they're clearly well, not. Well, they touring. already sold them out. And they sold the other shows and, out. And they're not. And they're not. Clearly not announcing a tour, and no, I don't no, think no. Dancing has any interest in touring no. either. I, I would, I, I would either. say that this is going to be a one and done for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if we get another one by the end of the year, uh, or maybe not in Jersey. Not in Jersey. They said this is their only Chicago. area of appearance, but I feel it's kind of crappy. Like, Chicago. why are you going to do all these West Coast shows? Because Danzig lives in L.A., but Danzig like, lives in LA. what about your home area? That Danzig. You know? Well, that's the thing. Danzig would always come back every Christmas. To visit family, so he'd always yeah. do. He'd always do a show at Starland Ballroom. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get one more at the end of the year. I, I also think that um, they said this would be the only one for the year. Yeah, but I, I, they also I, said they were never getting back together, I, and they were never going to play outside of Riot Fest. So I don't. I don't believe. Fuck all what they say. But I also think they needed to prove that they could sell the Prudential Center. Yeah. For years, I've been pondering, because, you know, the Descendants got back together again. They were doing the Roseland. They were doing smaller places, Coney on High and Stone Pony. So I was like, well, what could the Misfits do? I never thought, I always thought Roseland Terminal 5, three nights maybe. Oh, no. I absolutely knew they could sell out in a small arena in New Jersey. And, and that's why no I'm, doubt. I'm a little, I think they need to negotiate that. I need to think they need to do some lot of, like, uh, insurance stuff. Like, I don't think it was that easy to just book Prudential Center. No, but that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's they're, they're a cult act, and they've never done this before. So if, if they, any venue that they're they would do. They're a phenomenon. They're not a cult. Yeah. Yeah. Every, it's, it's, everyone sells their t-shirts. Yeah, Metallica's everyone, covered them. Yeah, like, that, Guns N' Roses have covered them. That doesn't, that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean they're going to sell uh, out every venue across they the country. They were in WCW. They, I think they yeah. had the tag belts. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever. They, they, they're, they're, they're they sold out all act. the venues that they played. I'm pretty sure all those sold, shows they sold out. Yeah, right. the LA with the Because they, they've held off on doing it for like 30 plus years. When all people wanted to see was then come back. So I think if they did a tour, they would sell out. It'd be like Metallica or Guns N' Roses, right? Or that, like that's that. why I didn't. I didn't really see how they had to prove anything by doing the Prudential Center, like that they could sell a place out. I mean, it's this is this is going to be. Danzig doesn't want to tour anymore. Baseline. So the yeah. fact that he's doing anything, any shows, I mean, he would sell out a, a few thousand th- seat venue as was just just showing up doing Danzig tunes. So this is. Big money. This I'm is big kinda, money to be I, had. I'm kind of sad. I kind of wish they were doing a thing like uh, like some other bands do where you have like all the lead singers. Like I think it would be great if Michael Graves come in, do an American Psycho set, and then like come out and Dan goes on and comes back and he's just like, oh, I'll do Famous Monsters and blah, blah, blah. And then Jerry only does Saturday Night. And, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think they had a hard enough time doing that when it was Van Halen, Van Hagar. I, I don't see that ever happening on any planet. Although it's it's funny because now like I everyone's... I saw it at Starland Ballroom. <laughs> What, he, he did that? No, they had Michael Graves open up with uh, with Doyle and Tatar Chud doing that Misfits opening up for Danzig's legacy. Oh, then I'm, I'm completely wrong. So I don't think Danzig actually even has an issue with Michael Graves. Obviously, I don't think they would do it as part of the original Misfits. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, I saw that was insane. That was The problem was that uh, Doyle's horrible band played too long before that and cut the Graves set short. Hey, man, everyone's going to get the shit in. You know who wins the most out of this? Live Nation? Nope. How, how is it not Live Nation? Nope. Do you know who really wins out of this? Danzig. Nope. Dave Lombardo. Who really wins out of this, Hambone? The Hambone. people who are selling the bootleg t-shirts outside of the... Hambone, think. Who wins? You win. How, how do I win? 
Murphy's Law wins. Oh, yeah, there you go. Dude, Jimmy G is opening up probably the largest show he's ever going to do in his entire life. I Pretty mean, much. Murphy's Law just won the lottery. They should just be paying the misfits to do this show. Serious. They should, like, wash their cars and I stuff. Mean, suicidal makes sense, but, Well, like, Dave Lombardo isn't suicidal. He is, yes. Yeah, so, and it's it's something like... Is Dave Lombardo well, playing drums for No, let, yep. no, let's be honest here. Dave Lombardo is uh, playing drums, but I believe Todd Youth is also playing second guitar for the Misfits. So really? I believe he's the guitar player still of Murphy's Law, considering he has Murphy's Law tattooed across his... Oh, no, he has Youth... He is in Murphy's Law, or was for a long time, so there's a good chance he still is. Either way, Jimmy Gestapo's independent booking fees just went through the roof, so he's <laughs> good for I, him. I, have you seen The Misfits before? What's that? Have you seen The Misfits before? Any uh, version? I've seen, them, uh, I've seen The Misfits with Michael Graves, I've seen The Misfits with Jerry Only singing, and then I've seen Danzig and Doyle do uh, Misfits okay. set. How about you, Ken? Yes, I've seen uh, Michael Graves' Misfits, and I've seen... Uh, Doyle Danzig combo. Yeah, I saw all that stuff. I saw the same stuff you saw. I saw some of the Jerry Only stuff too, which is okay. His voice actually wasn't as bad as I thought yeah, it would everyone be. Everyone shits on. It. I think he did fine. Um, He's a fine. Singer. I thought it was better when Des Cadena was also doing the Black Flag stuff back and forth. Okay, I also saw that as well. That was very yeah. good. But um, the Michael Graves stuff, when they came back into that first show at Stone Pony, I mean, that place just like they lit that place on fire. And that was before the Stone Pony reopened. That was when the Stone Pony was uh, ready to collapse. And they pretty much destroyed the Stone Pony. Uh, that's not hard. And then when I saw them again, I believe either Irving Plaza or Roseland, and maybe Irving Plaza, where they had this screen drop and they showed all the horror movies in sequence to their opening track, finishing with Ind- Independence Day blowing up the White House. The screen comes up. Like, that's awesome. I actually really enjoyed the show they put on with Graves. The problem with that was they were, it felt like, and I know they say Doyle and Jerry only were like fighting each other on stage, like musically. Like, all I heard was distortion. It used to be like a minute in before I could tell what song they were playing. Well, dude, they're rock and roll brothers. What what brothers get along in rock and roll? So I'm hoping, like, I'm hoping the sound might be a little bit better. The Davies brothers, you got Loam, Liam Gallagher. I mean, it's historically. People just, you don't get along after I'm a while. I'm so glad you and your brother are not in a band together because he would so be the cute one that gets all the girls. Oh, and he would just collect the checks at the end of the night. Be nice. Waiting for that one crafty girl in the back. You know the one. George. That one. Are those knitted needles in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? You guys are dicks. Listen, uh, to all our friends who got Misfits tickets, congrats. I hope you have the absolute best time of your life and I'm congrats. happy for you. Good I times. got tickets, and I don't. I don't know why. So, speaking of professional wrestlers, like the Misfits were when they were in WCW, Women's Royal Rumble just came off. We're not going to talk about the Rumble. I don't like doing like after the fact shows because it's after the fact. Who really cares what we think afterwards? But I gotta say, uh, the Women's Rumble should have been a lot better. Agreed. I disagree. Talk to us, Hambone. You haven't said much today. Well, I mean, I mean, how could I? You were so you were so excited about Conan. You know what? I I thought the the women's rumble was really great. I thought it was paced really well. the The issues that I had with it were what I felt like they could have capitalized a little more on. But I, you know, I was happy to see a lot of the 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 legacy wrestlers back and getting their shit in uh, with the younger wrestlers. I was really just happy to see that they didn't go with someone who's just kind of coming back and coming in and putting Ronda Rousey in the Rumble, that they actually let Asuka win. Um, I thought a lot of the sequences, I thought a lot of the wrestling was great. You know, I the, the issues that I took with it was they could have put some of the, the non- 
current roster wrestlers in there at different times so you could have really capitalized on some of the old feuds like maybe having Trish and Lita in there at the same time I thought that there was a lot of time where a lot of women went under the ropes um, where there was points where I wasn't sure who had gotten eliminated because you know well, you know, you can go under the ropes and get out of the ring and it happens here and there but there was a point where half of the wrestlers were out from under the ropes because they're letting little. people have their moments it's hard to go over the ropes I realize that it's very tough for women to go over that top rope no they were they were sliding under the rope and taking a powder outside as, as to but, let people get I, their I, shit I, in I, but I want to stop you you said something that's very important I think you really aren't realizing storytelling in professional wrestling because there was not much of it going on in that enlighten in that, me Picture this. Sorry, I'm choking. I'm so perklempt right now. Picture George choking. Picture me choking. Picture Lita in that ring. There she's fighting left and right. She's doing that crazy moonsault that almost killed her. She's got everybody. Everybody crawls out the bottom row. It is just her. She's sweeped house with the little girls. She's waiting. 30 hits. Trish's music hits. She comes down one-on-one in the ring, face-to-face, nose-by-nose. That's a story. That's emotion. Right, but they they got they out of there a while nothing. ago. Nothing. They had. It's predetermined. They voted. the The men's rumble had so much storytelling no, in listen, it. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. But then it's not a good rumble. You know. But it. But you're it just happy women rumbled. No, dude. It's you it's, just it's, like seeing women rumbling. Like, and on top of it, like yeah, great. You gave Oscar the win. Uh, further making her even more undefeated. So it's like, who's going to beat her now? But then on top of it, you dwarf her win by bringing out Ronda Rousey and you like, you play her Tritontron before she comes out. So it's like you kind of fake pop the crowd. Here's what there's, there's a couple things with that. First, first thing is they're doing a great job really doing to me, the world's greatest stall tactic with keeping Oscar out of the ring for very long until they can get her in WrestleMania. She hasn't really wrestled much at all. So they're keeping that undefeated streak going for as long as they possibly can. The Ronda Rousey thing, yeah, I totally see that they totally stepped over Asuka's moment. That said, it would have stepped over everyone's moment if she had actually entered the Rumble because that's all they would have been talking about. And I'm glad to, she didn't enter the Rumble. I'm very glad to put it out there. Ronda Rousey should never should have been, never in, that have been in the Rumble. You know, that said, what I thought was one of the things I thought was great about it was, yeah, so would I have liked to see more girls from NXT being called up? Yes. Absolutely. Like, they're glaring omissions to me like the iconic duo. I don't think they have to be called up as much as they Just have be to be well, for, Forgive me. There. When I say called up, I mean yeah. actually being Imagine able to participate Nikki in the Rumble. Imagine Nikki Cross think, instead of Kelly Kelly. Well, yeah. yeah no. I mean, Kelly Kelly, um, Taker's, wife, Taker's wife shouldn't have been in there. Um, take, Tori take Wilson shouldn't have been magical. in there. And I like Jacqueline. She's a great wrestler, oh, but she shouldn't have been in there. So, I would have so replaced here's... her with... I would have and, replaced... And Lana. Lana. I would have replaced Jacqueline with... Um, Peyton Roy- you could have had Peyton Royce in no. there. You could have had... So I'm going to stop you both here because what I want to what I want to explain to you is this. You know, we always go and we bitch about what the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does wrong. Uh, what I'm looking at is what the... WWE did right with the women's inaugural rumble. This is probably the last time that we're going to see any and all of those legends in a WWE ring together. So you had two different things going on here. They took advantage of the fact that like, hey, most of these girls are still athletic and in good shape. And even the ones who aren't are going to get their shit in. You know, they did pave the way for all the women wrestlers, the women's revolution, women's evolution to happen. So there is a necessary thing to having them be there. Yeah, it sucks that we didn't get a lot of NXT girls. They're going to be in it next year because you know who's not going to be in the Rumble next year? Kelly Kelly, Jacqueline, Molly Holly. Never say never. 
Molly Holly's could wrestle. She was though. fantastic. She was I would never shut your mouth. I would have kept her in there in a heartbeat. Molly she longer. Molly Holly was fantastic and Trish. I mean, they could. Some of them. She could loves still Jesus. Go. She, she was, loves Jesus. And Jesus helped her get over the top rope. I would um, have traded Jacqueline for James Ellsworth in a heartbeat. Well, you you can talk about who Ellsworth should have came out in a dress. I, I thought he was for a second. You could talk about who you would trade to the cows come home, George. But what we're talking about here is completely apples and oranges. I'm talking about how it was a good rumble. Nope. Because. They did right by the girls who were active roster women, in the ring. Women, you women. know what, George, calm your tits. They were. They did right by the women. I think it's great that who they were headlined. actively doing it, and they got to headline and finish out the show. I think it's awesome that they gave the women the platform that they've been giving them. That they sound, you know, they're going to do an elimination chamber. You know, they're really pushing the women's division, which is awesome because I mean, Wendy Richter was a great wrestler, right. but they just never focus on women's wrestling then and, and and a lot of women after her were great but never say never in wwe i mean moolah and may young were going strong no that's you know, like, like late in their lives 100 percent a fair point what i'm saying is all of them together 11 classic women coming in we're not going to see that again next no. year is it's going to be populated by nxt girls new sign yeah, you might you know. see some other people you might Look, see a dawn it, marie or it, you might see who knows but it, not 11 of them. in the end i think this was great for women wrestling and I think we all wanted to see that, but I think it was a uh, it was a subpar rumble when you knew what they could do, similar to like what they did with the men, which was one of the best rumbles I'd ever seen. We don't need to go into it, but that was I would, a rumble I would for the say ages. It's top three. It definitely ninety two two thousand seven twenty eighteen top yeah. three men's rumbles. I would put it over two thousand seven. It was amazing, uh, but the women, I, I love it. I look elimination chamber. Hopefully they do it. I'm just. The only thing I don't want to see is like every pay-per-view that there's a gimmick, there needs to be the men's version, the women's version. I think some, maybe the limited chamber should just be the women and not the men too. Um, I don't know. That's it. Because now it's going to be like a Me Too for everything. Well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to split everything down in the middle. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Because for the women, everything's the first time. You know what I mean? And I'm curious now with like someone like Candice LeRae, who's, who's known to blade herself. And I know they don't let anyone blade, no, but no I mean, you're going to have women in like... Steel cage and TLCs and elimination chambers, like, you know. You know, speaking of speaking of blading and getting color, I was listening to uh, Chris Jericho. I actually got the uh, the Chris Jericho Best in the World book on audiobook today, and I was just listening on the way here. It's his chapter on uh, why Vince hates blood and how much people get fined for blading. So I, I think we'd be hard pressed to see any of the women or men. Uh, getting and that's ironic getting any considering kind of, the whole headbutt thing. Yeah, well, and and that's and that's that's something that was that made me think of it was, you know, he was talking about when Jericho went against all the legends and he beat up Ric Flair and he punched Flair in the head and suddenly Flair is bleeding. He's like, when did Flair find time to blade himself? Because he asked the doctor. He's like, well, I just punched him in the head. He's like, yeah, that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have got him cut open. He had to cut it open himself. So. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that's it's it's very it's very interesting. Like even in, in like the elimination chambers, no one's gonna get no one. Not even Candice is gonna find a way to get bloody. No. Well, I think that's all we time we have this week for your bloodies talk. I do want to know about what you love this week since you're clearly it's your time of the month. George, <laughs> you know what I love this week? I I love that Mondo finally released the Iron Giant Tiki, and I was able to get one today. Uh, very, very excited about that. I got the gray one, uh, and I'm hoping it doesn't take as long to come as the alien one did. It uh, will. Or the alien it one. It will. Uh, that's what I'm excited about this week. 
Ken? Uh, I love that I get to listen to vinyl again after uh, partaking in the unwinnable.com Can You Hang Challenge uh, for the month of January where we had to listen to uh, people's best of album picks for the year 2017. Some of those could be hairy. You listen to other people's tastes, you know? Exactly. This year, I'm, I'm psyched there's a new Turbo Negro coming out. Pre-orders just oh. open, coming soon. People are psyched. Go bust out my Turbo Yugen jacket. I'm ready to take the world by storm. Hambone, I want to know, how can the children reach you? You can find me on Twitter, at Hambreaker. We're just going to call him Hambone13, because he is PG-13 all the time. Listen, man, the wolf is dead. I don't know what to tell you. You can find me on Twitter, at Hambreaker. I tweet mostly about wrestling and Dungeons and & Dragons, uh, and mostly shows that are on the CW. It's all about the cheekbones and the abs, folks. Can they find you on Tinder? Like, is there a way for the kids to find you on no. Tinder? Like Hambreaker. The, they're... Hambone. We have at least 110 listeners. Hamboner. One of them has to be single. But you see, I don't want you. I, I'm thinking. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Oh, Lord, here we go. Ham broken. I don't think you should find. Uh, I, I think you should go like bodybuilder. Like go like the polar oh, opposite. Like I think you need China. To go like bodybuilder. Bodybuilder lawyer or accountant. First of all, you gotta find one with money because this just isn't working. Like you need to find oh, someone's got l- like rub a few nickels together and it doesn't make like a, a doily. Like it's gotta, it's just guys, come on. Really, really. Oh, you're we, killing me. We need this because because this isn't working. I'm just like finding women at the geek flea market. It just it's, we've got to do something, dude. I don't know. Entrepreneurs don't make doilies uh. or money. Ken, Ken, Ken. I love you so much. What Thank are you, you again? Uh, curse K-U-R-S-S-E Zombie Gentleman You follow me Instagram, Twitter I will be uh, next weekend On the 10th In Jersey City At uh, Cathedral Hall For the uh, Jersey City Oddities Till Death Do Us Part 2 And that's where I was going to go Try to meet Crafty Girls yeah, Of course You'd meet some golf girls there too Probably oh, So like Christ. Taxidermy and stuff George, where can they find you? They can find me at GOK Creative on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at cultofgeorge.com where I'm constantly trying to get all my archives up to date. I just posted an interview with Matt Freeman from the Warp Tour 2002 when Rancid was performing and I somehow were like, hey, you want to interview Matt Freeman? You have to do it with six other fanzine kids. It wasn't very good, but I posted it away. Also just posted up the Jack Grisham interview. I'm hoping to get some archive stuff one a week. This week I'm hoping to get the Iron Maiden interview with Dave Murray up or the Kid Rock interview I did in 1998. Um, also go to glkcreative.com. I got room for one more wedding this year. It could be yours. Ladies, come to me. If you have a single bridesmaid, come to Hambone. <laughs> like, don't look at me. <laughs> um, come on, Hambone. Just I'm single fuck, too. Fucking hambone. That's just the only way. Like we need more hambone in this world. We need you to send us off, hambone. We love you, hambone. Everybody remember, be nice. Aloha. What is best in life? To crush your enemies? See them driven before you, and they hear a lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good.